You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert, Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. In a society where we have so many different things that can be stealing our attention, how do we take authority of our minds? How do we process all of these things and show up as our best self? How do we find our voice amongst all of these other voices that are coming at us? These are some of the things we're going to be talking about today. We're going to talk about increasing our stress resilience as well. And just being able to have a powerful conversation about being able to process things and utilizing our minds for our own collective good, where sometimes it can seem like our own mind can be working against us. We've got an incredible guest. I'm talking about a superstar in every sense of the word to help us to unpack these things. And I think that you're really going to love this conversation. Right now, we're moving into the holiday season. So this episode is such a vibe, I can't even put it into words. And during the holiday season, obviously, food is a big deal. And one of the greatest food experiences that I've ever had was hanging out with my friend, Layla Ali. Yes, I'm talking about multi-time boxing champion, undefeated, undisputed boxing champion, Layla Ali, who's also, and a lot of people don't realize this, she's been on the superstar cooking show, Chopped, twice and won twice. I can't even believe I get to say this, but have the opportunity to hang out with her to have her food, amazing, all right? I love Layla's cooking, it's such a joy. But prior to us even meeting or us knowing about each other, this is a little crazy fun fact, my family has been utilizing some of her holiday recipes for years. And so to have her as a friend and be able to share these experiences and to be able to share her holiday cookbook with you, which you can actually get for free with this special offer, is such a joy. She has some of the most incredible spice blends that she's put together herself. And they're all 100% organic, non-GMO, no crazy sugars, no chemicals, additives, preservatives, fillers, none of that crazy stuff that simply shouldn't be in our spice cabinet. Just the real deal. We're talking about high quality spices and spice blends that just make our food taste fantastic. Right now, if you head over to LaylaAli.com forward slash model, you get 10% off all of her incredible spice blends. That's LaylaAli.com forward slash model. That's L-A-I-L-A-A-L-I.com forward slash model. You get 10% off her spice blends. And here's the kicker right now. And this is for a limited time only. If you get the six pack bundle of her spices, you get a free digital copy of her holiday cookbook. All right, again, this is a limited time only. Pop over, take advantage of this like yesterday. Go to LaylaAli.com forward slash model for 10% off everything, plus free access to her cookbook when you get the six-pack bundle of her spices. And I'm telling you, you're gonna love them so much. Head over there, check it out ASAP, LaylaAli.com forward slash model. Now let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled Such a Great Listen by Meg. The universe of health mental physical and everything in between is a better place because of this podcast i absolutely love sean's energy and dedication to educating his audience amazing thank you so much i received that and i appreciate you so much for sharing that and if you yet to do so please pop over to apple Podcasts and leave a review for the model health show and on that note let's get to our special guest and topic of the day 
Our guest today is country music superstar Brett Eldridge. He's a singer, songwriter, record producer. He's had multiple number one singles in the country, number one on Billboard charts. And he's also a passionate human being when it comes to health and wellness. You're going to find out why. Oftentimes you'll find that there's a method behind the beautiful madness of creatives like Brett. And part of his story is optimizing his health to optimize his performance and to optimize his creativity. And so it's something really special. If you're wondering, Sean, how you get connected with country music? I grew up in two very distinct households. One household was teeming with hip hop and R&B. Another household being with my grandmother. Country music was the only thing that you were going to hear on the radio. So I grew up listening to Reba McIntyre and the Judds and Randy Travis and Conway Twitty and the list goes on and on. And it's created this wonderful melding, a melting pot really of not just my background, but also my personality. You know, things that I used to fight against when I was a kid. I'm so grateful for those experiences because they also create a bridge to connection for people from diverse backgrounds as well. And so that's one of these things we sync up with because Brett's musical palette, as we're going to talk about, is incredibly diverse as well. So let's jump into this conversation with the amazing music superstar, Brett Eldridge. Oh man, legend in the building, <laughs> Brett Eldridge, my guy. What's up, man? It's been a long time coming to get to, to hang with you. You know, I've been checking out your show for a long time. You've been on a lot of hikes with me since uh, 2020, <laughs> walking through mountains climbing mountains it's your your soothing voice that got me through my friend oh man come on <laughs> you you saying that is a big deal hey man, man. you got the you, you have a a good delivery voice of like as a singer i can respect that like uh like i want you to read my uh my my autobiography i want you to read my biography one day or something like, that. <laughs> like you know some people Red say you know they want, they want uh morgan freeman to read you know that you know <laughs> It's Sean Stevenson for me, so. Let's go. Hey, man, I hold you to it. Okay, let's it. go. But man, it's just, thank you. First of all, thank you for taking me along with you on Hell those yeah. adventures. You're about that hike life, man. Yeah. You know, and obviously you're one of the greatest performers, singers in the world today. Mm. We're going to get into all that goodness. Yeah. But I want to talk about health and fitness. Let's all do right? it. So what got you interested in health and fitness? Man, I, uh, I, when I first got a record deal, you know, I moved to Nashville, uh, I was, I didn't know I did what I was doing. You know, you remember, there's thousands of people a week moving there at that point. And now it's like, you know, insane. Yeah. Um, so like for me, it was, I got a record deal. And then next thing you know, I'm on the road 150 days of the year or 200, actually more now. It's like 200 some days of the year trying to figure all this stuff out. Just having fun, you know, uh, playing shows, people are bringing you drinks, you know uh people are like know your name for the first time in your life like all these different things which is so exciting but yeah. also like i didn't really pay attention to my health to, as much like i thought i did but mm -hmm. i didn't and uh it started to catch up to me a little bit i was you know kind of out of shape and like um not mentally great and all these different things mm -hmm. where it finally hit me and i was like man i gotta get i gotta get my shit together i gotta get you know what i mean and i think for me um taking little steps and, and starting to work out and stuff. And I started to feel better and I started to creatively think better because yeah. I was taking care of myself. I was trying to, you know, pick up on my sleep and, you know, I was sleeping like an hour a night sometimes because I was trying to sleep on a bus, 
which was a nightmare to try to figure out because you're bouncing on the road and all these different things. So I had to really change my lifestyle. And I think once I changed my lifestyle, it really, um, it really helped me kind of um, just get my head right and, and be able to, to handle that strenuous life of being on the road and, and making music and everything and, and uh, make me enjoy it more. And I'm, and I'm still learning to this day, you know, it's not like it's a perfect thing, but I'm, it helps me to keep moving and, and, uh, and pay attention to all that. That's powerful. And you just mentioned how it kind of feeds into yeah. itself. You know, once you focus on getting yourself healthier, it starts mm-hmm. to feed into other areas of your life, your performance, yeah. your creativity, all these things. Yeah. And so obviously being on the road is going to be complex. I want to ask you about that a little bit later, but yeah. just when you have kind of more control, spending some time at home, mm. what does your routine look like? Like, what are the things that you do for your health and fitness? So it's always, it's always changing for me. Um, I, I'm always trying to tweak it. I'm big on, on tools and that's why I listen to, you know, your show and, and different shows. It's like, and read and like try to study up because I can, I can get obsessive about it where I have to like pull back and be like, okay, let's keep it simple. Yeah. But I think for me to have like certain tools, try different things out. Like I used to get up um, for a while for songwriting, I would get up and I'd take a bath first thing in the morning. Um, somehow I would stay away from my phone. I wouldn't touch my phone or take a bath. And I was writing a song like every day in the tub, <laughs> which I don't think I've ever even told that, but that's, <laughs> that's kind of how I was getting ideas. Cause it was yeah. quiet. You know, I could kind of, so I've kind of switched it up. But well, now the question I'm, is, were there bubbles in the bath? No bubbles, just straight up. Straight, straight water. It's all classic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the hard stuff, you know. But I, uh, but, but now, I mean, now it's I get up, I, uh, I, I stay away from my phone. I keep a lock on my phone so I can't get on there in the morning. I, uh, I, I journal, I meditate, I uh, hang out with my dog for a little while, get out in the natural light, you know, outside. Uh, you know, as quick as I can. And uh, now I've added, I know you're a cold plunge guy. I like to, I like to plunge and, and uh, you know, that's been a really, it's, it's tough to get your mind to go there, yeah. you know, but once, but when I really got going with it, it's really got me to be like, if I can do this first thing, do something hard to start the day, that's been a big, a big help for me. Cause I've, I've dealt with anxiety uh, a lot of my life and, and having that structure has really, you know, change the game for me to at least be able to, to keep, uh, keep the reins pretty tight on that. And, uh, when it starts to veer off, it's like, I know if I change my physiology, if I keep with my, I keep moving, you know, first part of the day, if I, you know, do all these different things to, to stay in a structure, then I'm pretty good. If I'm, if I'm sitting around watching Netflix all day, those are the days where I'm a mess. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and so I think that structure's helped me a lot. Yeah, man. Now on the, on the tactical side, so yeah. obviously, again, you're about that hike life. You, yeah. Matter of fact, you're just in LA for a couple of days and you're going yeah. for a hike. You know? Yeah, I'm go- I, if I took up the, ca- the car is loaded up right now with some hiking clothes right now, like I, I brought it here. I might even change in the, in the studio. <laughs> go. Man, you know, the, for me, being from the Midwest, mm. but also growing up in the kind of concrete jungle, like hiking wasn't a thing to me. Not at all for me either. I knew about hiking shoes from LA Gears. Do you remember LA Gears no, shoes? No, was that? They were like some street hikers, right? Really? But it's like for, is this crazy thing, is this like movement that happened, you know, with these shoes that came, they were here today, gone today, LA Gears, and they were like hiking boots. We didn't, we, I never went on a hike in my life, but you wear these hiking boots to school. You got your, you know, the bibs with the one 
bib yeah. untucked, you know, that kind of stuff. So, you know, but coming out here, and actually I, I've been on some hikes prior, like, you know, I'll travel and go somewhere with friends. And so it's a really wonderful, it's like, it's, it's this thing that stacks, mm-hmm. right? So obviously you're out in nature, the fresh air, the sunlight, mm-hmm. and also just that practice of putting one foot in front yeah. of the other. The momentum of, 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 the, of the climb up is, a, is addicting yeah. and it kind of gets you in the, the play, you know, in the present, which my mind can tend to wander a lot. I'm, I'm always thinking some, a, a little bit paralysis of analysis kind of guy where sometimes I'm thinking, overthinking things. So if I can get out there in nature, get out on a hike and just look at it, you know, look at the trees, feel the, you know, feel the air on my skin, you know, it might be a little cold when I start and I get the blood pump and I start moving, like all those things kind of start stacking up. And the next thing I know, when I was really kind of uptight or anxious going and I started, I'm, I'm flowing through the, through the hike and I just feel, I feel alive. And then melodies start popping in my head and I start thinking about these different songs. I mean, and, and that kind of stuff, cause I'm just being, you know, I'm just there. Yeah, man. So powerful. So what about, are, are you, are you getting some lifts in too? Yeah, man. I, uh, that's for me, like if I do maybe three, three days to four days a week of, of, uh, of lifts, you know, and I'm, I'm not like crazy power lifting, but, I'm, but, um, you know, I'd like to get there. I might have to keep up with you. I see your videos sometimes you're out there doing it. I need, I need to train with you one day, but, uh, I try to, you know, to get some weight stuff into and kind of just switch it up. Um, and also just not be too hard on myself and not try to perfect it too much. Like, yeah. like I was saying that, and I've heard you play it that way of like, keep it simple, yeah. keep it to the basics of it. And uh, if I can really slow myself down and do that and be like, and not try to chase perfection on the, cause I do that. Um, if I really just slow it down and be like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to try to move, you know, I'm going to try to go on a hike three miles a day. I'm going to try to hit the, the weights tomorrow and, and maybe go for a walk with the dog and with the family or whatever those kind of things um, and finding that balance has been key. Yeah, yeah, I love it, man. So you mentioned earlier that, which I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear that somebody who's on some of these huge stages and performing and you know uh, creating magic would be dealing with anxiety, mm-hmm. right? And I know that you shared before about some of your experiences uh, prior to shows. And you know, of course there's one thing to, you know, have some, some nervous butterflies, but there's another thing to have like full blown panic attacks. Yeah. Yeah. So can you talk about that? Like some of your experience and let's kind of even, if you can share where that came from and what yeah. you did about it. I mean, it's, this is a great, and I, I don't know, it's helped me to talk about it too. Cause, in, and we all have anxieties. It's the most human thing. You know, it's like, um, I think in a world, it started, people are starting to talk about it more now, but I mean, growing up in a small town where I grew up, I didn't know what therapy was. I didn't know. I mean, I might've saw like in a movie where somebody's laying on a couch and they start floating. Somebody tick, you know, does a TikTok clock in front of their eyes and they, you know, whatever that was. It's like, that's what I thought therapy was. And so, um, you know, the pressures and the self, I guess, inflicted pressures of, of the, of, of music and of life kind of got 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 to me at times and uh it really hit me in a spot in my life or in my uh with touring and with music where i was at the top of my game and i was like i want to quit I was like i don't want to i don't it's too much pressure it's too much i just want to do normal stuff and it's you know I, do, I just i think i'm out i think i might be out 
um because i was i was getting panic i was i was hardly sleeping i was you know i was just in a really tough spot and so um i had to really take a, a step back and be like how can i i don't want to retire when i'm 30 years old um uh, but it sounds like a lot a lot easier thing to do right now and and i could just step out and i could write songs at home and live a normal life and there's parts of that i, I still like and i'm trying to find that but i'm getting that balance now right um but i was really in a place where i was putting so much pressure on myself and i still do this is a this is a and that's what i think i want to focus on now is i can get all these tools and I can get all these things but it's going to be very human that you're never going to cure it but you can you know show up and and show up for yourself it's like i i had a panic attack in scotland was in an interview in scotland you know and i think i you know i had probably three coffees you know i'm like jet lagged i'm drinking a bunch of coffee and um uh you know there was artists going before me so i'm feeling comparison you know i have a i had like a heavy jacket on so i'm like sweating so then i'm paying attention to my sweat and i'm in in front of this this audience doing an interview so i have to be really vulnerable in that situation i'm already feeling really vulnerable and i never had a panic attack before like that i've had them like where i'd you know used to go to the er like wake up in the middle of the night and think there's something wrong with me i got over that and uh this was a new thing for me and uh it was really tough to you know go through that interview it felt like a, a car crash in my mind like it was a very traumatic experience because to me this guy is asking me a question this ama amazing scottish accent that i couldn't even try to do right now <laughs> but he's asking me some simple question that i've probably answered a million times for whatever reason it hit me and then heart starts racing my mind like you know is like everything gets blurry i'm on i'm nauseous you know all these different things and uh i'm just trying to make it through this interview nobody even know you know like i could watch the video back now i, I don't i don't know if it's out there i'm sure it probably is and you probably wouldn't be able to tell but at that moment then i every time i'd go in an interview i would feel it um and uh like I, I was on i was on this day show and i felt it right on there i was good morning america I actually got on there and i started talking about oh i'm actually nervous right now mm -hmm. like this was not that long ago so i still have i have it right now even like a little bit i'm very comfortable talking to you it's the thing the memory of of you know i'm not like trying to think of that thing but i could feel it but if i show up and i'm i'm here for it and i can you know just get into the conversation a little bit and know that none of those feelings are going to kill me and the the exposure you know i guess they call it exposure therapy but for me just showing up and not running from it because i used to just avoid the interviews yeah now it's like i've gotten better every time i've gone in them yeah and uh so finding those different kind of tools by going to therapy by by reading about it by by realizing that's a very normal thing to feel that and experience that i mean most people would rather um you know be in the casket than read the usual the eulogy is what I've heard. Like most people don't want to have that pressure of like being in front of things. So it's like a lot of people are scared of that. It's okay to be scared of that. It's okay to have that fear. And I just, I think my kind of mission became um, to, to be courageous and to help other people see that it's okay if they feel those things. It's yeah. okay that they're struggling through those things and, and that you can still live a great life despite of all of that and, and grow from it. And so, here I am sitting with you today. Feel a little that, felt a little bit of that, you know, feeling, and I'm still enjoying myself, and uh, and then it starts to dissipate even as I'm talking about it right now. Yeah, man, that's powerful. Again, 
by somebody seeing somebody like yourself and they can identify, like it, it makes you more human mm -hmm. because sometimes, of course, you know, these people see you as other than, mm -hmm. right? You know, he's got all these things, he's this, he's that, so talented. There's no way he would feel, yeah. fill in the blank. Yeah. But you just said a key word. You mm -hmm. just said normal. Like it's yeah. normal to feel this. Yeah. And one of the big issues, obviously, and something that we talk about is medicalizing normal. Mm -hmm. You're coming into it. What I, what I love about you is like you, you gave the setup, like three cups of coffee. Yep. Jacket, sweating, foreign country, jet mm -hmm. lag. What yeah. do you think uh, yeah, is yeah, going to yeah. happen? Yeah, like yeah. You're going to feel off at yeah. least. This is and totally at, out of your norm. And at, at worst, car wreck in your mind. Yeah. You know, and people are doing, we, we do this to ourselves. We put these, con it's a condition. It's a conditional response. Yeah. And it's normal and that's okay. But it's not saying that there's something wrong with you or that yeah. you're broken. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, like we're all human and we're all complex mm -hmm. and beautiful and messy and yeah. all the things and that makes you creative and that makes yeah. you be able to be great how you are yeah, and that's absolutely yeah uh, yeah well I, I enjoy being on the journey it's tough you know <laughs> scary no but... one said it would be easy yeah, that's right <laughs> yeah. that's the caveat you know and also leaning into this issue as well because obviously ep ep it's at epidemic proportions yeah. anxiety mm -hmm. Uh, depression and also comparison. Oh my God. Comparison. Like when you, when we're growing up, we can maybe compare ourselves to like five to 10 kids in the yeah, neighborhood like the kid kind that's of thing. The homecoming king or something, or like the popular kids or whatever. Like yeah. there's a small list. Now the list is multiplied by millions. Exactly. All you gotta do is get that little thing that you. <laughs> and we're just, our brains are not evolved to be able to handle that mm -hmm. you know again we we evolved in in groups and tribes yeah you know small villages and just kept expanding expanding but even when we had these highly developed kind of futuristic george jetson cities yeah. we still didn't get this peek into everybody's life unless they were on tv yeah yeah right and so maybe you might see robin leach on mm -hmm. lifestyles of rich and famous it's like oh wow or mtv cribs oh like, my oh. god you know, you didn't no. get to do cribs. Yeah, I'm right? so, no. We're gonna have to. We'll do a special episode of the Model Health Show Cribs Edition. We're gonna come, come to your house. I will. I will, I will gladly do that. We can go through the fridge, see all the <laughs> all the stuff. You know, Absolutely. Oh, the fridge was all, probably always my favorite part. Yeah. When they go through the fridge, I'm like, what's that person? You know, eating? and then like somebody that's like a newer artist have like you know a ketchup bottle of ketchup and right. like ketchup thing. and water, yeah. maybe a water. Yeah, but you know just. With with this tool being what it is, which I, it, in a way, it's kind of neutral in a sense mm -hmm. because it's really what you do with it. When we're mm -hmm. talking about social media, however, that nudges a little bit more away from neutral to invasive is the fact that we've got these brilliant scientists and engineers yeah. and technicians who are creating apps to keep you on it, to keep yeah. you addicted, and so. With that said, you shared with me yesterday when we were hanging out that, you know, you created this great gift that you were giving everybody, you know, by getting up in the morning oh, yeah, yeah. and, you know, sharing a song. Yeah. And you created this thing in your mind that you had to do it. Mm -hmm. And eventually it, it got a little bit out of hand. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Yeah. So I used to do this thing called bedhead jams. And, you know, you wake up, you got bedheads, you know, hair's all over the place. And I'd be like, for, instead of like, you know, Start my day by four, seven, eight, breathing and, and journaling and, and staying away from my phone. The first thing I was going to was my phone and I was singing to it. I was singing 
or to my fans, like, you know, reverse mirror, basically staring at yourself, singing, your hair's all over the place, and you're, I'm trying to think of a new song today. Today am I doing, you know, uh, a certain cover or uh, one of my songs, and I got to try to think of the song, and then I'm sitting there, and like 45 minutes later, you know, instead of starting my day, I was, I was like making these cool videos, and it was such a huge thing for me, and that was like when Snapchat was, you know, really exploding and and uh and the social media so i had a huge following on there but yeah then i built this pressure of like okay i gotta do it again tomorrow if i do it tomorrow then my fans will get upset and then i don't want to let them down and then i'm letting myself down then i'm telling myself i'm not enough because i screwed that up or whatever mm-hmm. subconsciously you know in the back of my head that's what i'm thinking and uh so i created these unnecessary pressures that don't even really have to be there um and then it gets in your head and then i was all messed up from it and uh and i had a dog i I have a dog i'm very close with and and uh more than ever he was uh once i got him he was in every single video we were doing everything and and then i um i would i would bring him on stage every once in a while and then if i you know if i didn't bring him on stage so you know i'm on the other side of the world and someone might get upset that I didn't bring him on stage and I created like a whole nother pressure of that and my dog. Because he was know. famous on he social was, media yeah, too. Yeah, he had the hundreds of thousands of followers as a dog. <laughs> and I was like, this dog, you know, this, this, this is the, you know, my best friend in the world. Like, you know, my most human thing is like, just have a connection with your animal. It's not for everybody else. It's for you and your animal. And I, I realized that at a certain point. I was like, you know, I'm, he's going to retire. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna take him. He's gonna retire. Some people thought he was not alive anymore. I was like, no, I just wanna, I wanna have that bit of normalcy. Yeah. So I was creating all these things um, with the social media, and it, and it wore me out so much because I was constantly on there. It's all I was doing, and uh, and I just felt like I could feel myself. And I'm sure most people feel this. If you stay on your phone for 20 to 30 minutes scrolling, you will notice I get the tight band around my chest. I get shorter breath. Like I start to feel anxious from all the comparison, all the things, even if I'm not thinking comparison or I'm not thinking, you know, oh, I should be in Thailand right now on a boat on some crazy excursion that this person's on. And if I'm just sitting at home, like living a boring life or whatever it is, you know, that it's telling you, um, that makes me so anxious. And so I, I was like, I'm going to get a flip phone. I'm going to get a Polaroid camera and I'm going to step away from all this and re kind of change my relationship with what social media is. Cause it can be a great tool. You know, that's how, you know, that's how I found you or whatever. And, and, and there's a lot of people that are putting great stuff out there that actually helps you and adds to your life. But I think there's gotta be a balance and that balance is, is hard to find. And so I kind of went, I have a really good willpower, but I think, some of the ways these are built um are built in a way that it's supposed to it's almost impossible to fight sometimes to get that little bit of extra dopamine it's like oh if i just pick up my phone in the morning just for a little bit i can just pick it up and just look for five minutes it'll be fine and you're down the rabbit hole watching some you know five different videos that make you laugh but you know or and then you see one bad video about war or something and then i'm not thinking about you know that Mm -hmm. so i put a lock on my phone um i just have a, a friend or someone in my family set the passcode i can't get on there until nine o'clock i'm doing my schedule i can only be on social media apps for a little over an hour a day so i can i'm not mindlessly scrolling i'm 
I'm putting, you know, what, you know, is meaningful to my life right there. I'm seeing my couple of people that I, that I value and, uh, and what they're saying. And then I got to step off of them. And if I run out of time, I run out of time. I can't, I can't get that code because I don't have it. And I, I tell the people that set it for me, no matter what, don't let me have it. <laughs> don't let me have that code. Um, so, you know, just find a different relationship with that. And I think it was a, it went from the very extreme of being on it to now I've got a lot better balance. And there are still days where I'm like, I need, you know, it's not like I have it perfected. I still go down the rabbit holes sometimes and, and uh, it makes me not feel great, but um, it's gotten better with that. Yeah. You just said something really brilliant too. Well, I mean, several brilliant things, but mm. if it's left to our own devices, mm. literally, we, if we have the passcode, yeah. no, like, so I just five more minutes. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Or it might give you the warning or shut yeah. off, whatever. You could yeah, just you used to do ignore it. for, you used to be able to do, and you still can, you can hit ignore for 15 minutes. You're like, oh yeah, 15 minutes? It's no big deal. And then that 15 minutes goes up. And if you don't have the passcode, here's another 15 minutes. You know, them an hour later. Little Scooby snacks. Yeah, yeah. So, but you gave the pass, like let somebody else do it. Yeah. They have the password. So mm -hmm. you don't have any access. Yeah. And I've, we've actually experienced this together yeah, because that's right. we were messaging on Instagram and then your time shut off. Yeah. You sent me a message on Signal. Did yeah. you be like, sorry, man, you know, I ran out of time. I didn't get that message for like two weeks later. I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh shit, you know, what happened to Brett? That's, you know, and you had sent me a message on that platform, yeah. you know, because it kicked you out. Yeah. So yes, yeah, it's, it's, again, it's one thing to kind of theorize about this stuff and also to leave it to your own devices mm -hmm. to do the right thing yeah. per se. But really this is about just taking control of your time, taking control of your mind. Mm -hmm. As soon as we pick it up, we're going to start outsourcing our attention yeah. and we leave the room, mm -hmm. we leave reality. And especially if you have family, if you have kids, it is one of the most invasive things. And I see it, like I could see it firsthand. I, I, I'm very cognizant of it mm -hmm. and I can see, you know, and I know many people, and this is not to say again, that we're bad parents or anything like that. I've done it before where I'm just like, just a minute, bud, you know, cause yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing I'm just, something I'm on, on this, yeah. right? And I leave the room. And so I don't want him to be like that, yeah. right? And so now I've really worked to train myself and nine out of 10 times, I'm great about like, mm. you put this thing down, Get yeah. present. Yeah. Some of the ways that I do it is like in that moment when I am, because it pulls so much of your, like there's so much neurochemistry going on in this thing. Yeah. I need something to bring me back. So it's just like, listen to the sound of his voice. Like really That's listen cool. to the sound of his voice. You know, look at his, look into his eyes. Listen, look, look at his mannerisms. Yeah. You know, like try to tune back into reality. That's brilliant. And even if nobody's around as well, like, because like you said, like it can, 20, 30 minutes, you start to just feel off. Yeah, It's hardly, and I challenge anybody to say, you know, they've been on one of these apps for like an hour on Instagram, you get off, you're like, I feel amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that doesn't that really happen. Per, there's no one's gonna say that. You know, so getting off of it, I go outside, I look into the horizon, I walk, get yeah. some fresh air. We have to counterbalance this stuff because mm -hmm. the screens aren't going anywhere. No, they're gonna, a, get, they're gonna get, they're life. gonna be like, right, gonna be like, you know, double, double tap in the side <laughs> yeah, of your head. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be all, hey, on a minute, what were you saying? Uh, you know. <laughs> Minority report, man. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, but with that said, when things like this emerge, I believe there are solutions that emerge with them. Mm -hmm. And one of them is, that, that, and you've seen this too, there's like a resurgence of spending time in nature and being outside. Yeah. And doing things that challenge ourselves physically to build up that stress resilience. So when you do that cold plunge, 
Yeah. You're bl- building up your resilience in stressful situations. Yes. And that's helped me a lot in that way. And you know, I, I had a, I think it's, it's so important nowadays because I, I was in Chicago and I was going through the, uh, I was going through the shed aquarium there. It's a great aquarium. And, uh, I was walking in this, these baby penguins are in the tank. I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. If I was a kid, I, w- I mean, I'm already think it's cool. And I walk in there and there's this like five-year-old kid and he's kind of sitting back away from the window and these beautiful penguins are right here and he's playing like a gameless phone. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, at that one point that was, you know, this is the real thing, but it's not that thing. So like finding those, and I can't imagine cause it's easier to, to, I understand how hard parenting is to get the phone. It's just, it's a new challenge that we're all kind of finding. And you know, you might get more dopamine from the thing that's not real on your phone than the thing that's, you know, little penguins jumping around in a little fake igloo thing in the, in the, in the, you know, at the zoo. So yeah. it's interesting. That's a great, that's a great like observation, mm-hmm. right? And like you said, you know, especially today where we can go and, you know, you go into to Target, which my wife, apparently she hasn't been in a couple months and she was supposed to just go pick something up on yeah. the way home yeah, yeah, yeah. and then cut to two hours later, I see my wife like, what happened to you? She was like, I'm, I'm a woman. I haven't been to Target in months. What did you yeah, think yeah. was going to happen? Yeah, yeah. I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to. Target is my target, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But, you know, and you got a kid and they're fussy, whatever, it's very easy to pacify them because yeah. that's what it is. Even for us, we're big adult babies in many ways. It's pacifying oh, yeah. us, getting us away from our frustrations, mm. our to-do list, our anxiety, whatever the case is. Yeah. But the thing is, it doesn't resolve it. Yeah. Just like a pacifier, that, that binky, you're yeah. not really getting the real thing. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, it's kind of psyching you out a little bit. Yeah. And the hunger's still there. Yep. You know what I mean? That's some deep stuff right there. Man. <laughs> Instagram is a binky. Yeah. So shout out to shout first. out to is it baby Maggie on The Simpsons? Was she the one oh. with the binky? Is yeah, Lisa she was. Maggie? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the baby yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Got a quick break coming up. We'll be right back. When I was in high school and college, our big sports performance game day meal was muscacholi, all right? Muscacholi consciousness, muscacholi performance, and wondering why we're over on the sidelines, yawning and you know waiting for the next play to cycle back in again. Of course, you get hopped up, you get the adrenaline going, you do your performance, but what if there was something better? Not just for game day, but for practice days as well, because how you practice is how you perform. And so if you're dedicated to true sports performance, your nutrition really does matter. And now we have things that have clinical evidence, peer-reviewed controlled trials that show the efficacy of things that have been utilized for centuries. And a study published in Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise tested 30 healthy athletes for six weeks to record the effects of cordyceps medicinal mushroom on their performance. The group that added cordyceps to their daily regimen had twice the oxygen uptake of the control group. This oxygen is essential in supplying nutrients to your muscles, preventing fatigue, and preventing the buildup of lactic acid. Another study done by the same group also showed a 9% increase in aerobic activity from utilizing cordyceps. For myself personally, my pre-workout go-to is Shroom Tech Sport from Onnit. And this is because it was the subject of a double-blind, placebo-controlled, 
12-week clinical trial performed by researchers at Florida State University. And they found that utilizing Shroom Tech Sport as a pre-workout showed a direct increase in bench press reps by 12%. They also found an increase in combined bench press and back squat reps by 7% for the supersets and also were found to parallel the earlier study with a cardio performance increase by 8.8%, almost 9% that was seen in the earlier clinical trial. If you're not utilizing Shroom Tech Sport, definitely check it out. Go to onit.com forward slash model, that's O-N-N-I-T.com forward slash model for 10% off. It's a world-class pre-workout and pre-life supplement to use. Onit.com forward slash model. Now back to the show. I wanna ask you about this. When you talked about that bedhead songs, right? Yeah. Getting up and, and creating that, it was amazing. You know, yeah, yeah. that expanded your reach. Yeah, yeah. That provided so much joy and value. And you also, again, you share, if you miss a day, some, you know, you got fans are like, hey, what happened? Hey, yeah, yeah. I noticed that you weren't yeah, yeah. there. And that can turn into, you know, agitation. Yeah. So this is going back to doing something today that we feel traditionally, which was we can expect our favorite thing to be on at this time, right? Uh -huh. So for me, it was Monday, 7 p.m., ALF was coming on yeah. when I was a kid living with my grandmother. And so creating that in the mind of our, our community, right? Mm -hmm. So they can expect something great to show up for them, right? Yeah. Now, when you created that, you were also putting yourself into this, into this box. Mm -hmm. And humans, we need boxes to operate within yeah. because we just like, we want freedom. When, when we don't have structure and boundaries, we tend to be all over the place, literally. Yeah. And so you created that and it creates success, but it also can imprison us. Yes. And so I wanna, the, the reason I'm bringing this up is, the, I wanna talk about the successful part of it, yeah. which you being a creative, you being you know, in many ways an entrepreneur, we can, we don't really understand when we're going to a job. What was your first job, by the way? Uh, my first job was probably a YMCA camp counselor. Okay, I, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. You know, was like, I'm like a human, I'm like six foot four. I'm like a human jungle gym. Like it's just like, you know, all these, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to make the kids have fun. It was, it was fun, yeah. but it was, I was, it was a good first job for sure. And then I was a DJ, wedding DJ slash singer. Oh, come on. So, you know, I'd be I'd be playing every kind of wedding song, your brick house to, you know, to we are family to whatever. And then, you know, I'm singing Sinatra and I'm singing, you know, and and so I just kind of bounce all over the place and and uh you know, that was a that's those are like my first two jobs. So, I never had I never had like really I had very random first jobs, you know. I can't wait to talk about this in your autobiography. Yeah, you yeah, know. you're gonna be reading <laughs> I can't, it. You're, I can't wait to read it. You're warmed up. <laughs> but you know, you coming from that paradigm, like so many of us, where we have a nine to five, we have a job, we're showing up, and it, it, essentially most of the time we're exchanging our time for money. Mm -hmm. But when you want to create something that isn't within the typical bounds of society, which is you know you're going and working for somebody. Mm. You, it's a switch you flip in your mind going from value extraction to yeah. value creation. Yeah. And to create value consistently, you have to create structure. Yeah. You have to create something where you're showing up and mm -hmm. doing this thing on a consistent basis. Yeah. 
right? But you found like how it can help you tremendously, but also the point at which it can hinder you. So how important is it for you to have structure and kind of, you know, routine in your process? Yeah, that's, it's so huge. And honestly, this is, this is still a struggle for me. And I'm very interested to talk about it because I am so structured that I can, you know, there's a, there's a, I'm, I'm still finding the balance because like, I like to go to bed at the same time every night, which you and I both know it's, it's a great thing to do. But if I go an hour later, I'm beating myself up. So perfection, there's a, there's a, there's a middle ground there between chasing perfection and sit on the couch all day and watching Netflix. You know what I'm saying? It's got to find somewhere in between there, which is kind of where I'm starting. You know, I've, you know, in the last year really found, okay, I've got great structure. I'm probably one of the most disciplined people I know. And it can be a detriment sometimes. So, you know, right now it's like, if I have that structure, like, I think the most purpose I find, um, you know, I've, I've putting out music for 10 years now, you know, a purpose for me, okay, is, okay, I get to, I get to get in front of people and literally have the opportunity to sing these songs and, you know, that can change somebody's life and and maybe you know i've had people say this this you know hearing this record literally pulled me out of the toughest place in my life and saved my life or whatever mm-hmm. i don't i'm not thinking about that a lot of time when i'm making music and so but when i get to get up on stage and i see somebody crying and everything i'm like okay that's a reminder of why i do this yeah. sometimes you lose touch with that because you know you're in the grind and right. i've been in places where and I heard a really interesting comparison of this the other day where somebody, um, this kid ran into their favorite, um, uh, their mother's favorite composer at like, uh, on the airport. And they said, uh, what, you know, my mom went and saw you at, you know, the Hollywood Bowl or whatever it is. Or, uh, and, and the, the crowd gave you a standing ovation. And what are you thinking about up there when everybody's giving you that standing ovation? And uh, the person said, you know, I'm, you want to know the truth. I was thinking about uh, where I messed up in the second, you know, the second song. And, uh, and it made the kids start crying. It's like, you know, that it's supposed to be, you know, it's such a beautiful thing that yeah. you're doing. And so I've had to really find that because chasing that perfection and, and that structure has built me in a great way, but also like you're, there was a point in my life where I was, I was at a number one party for one of my songs. I think it was my third number one or something. And I am so like caught up in the, the rest of what's next, you know, what's the next thing, you know, in my structure and, 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 uh, I, I got to get the next one. I'm at the party holding the award, you know what I mean? And yeah. so, and I think it's, there's part of that that helps you chase the next thing. But if you're not enjoying the moment, it is hard to appreciate any of it. And I think I got to a point where I was having several years where I felt like I don't remember a lot of it because I was always looking to the next. And so my, my goal right now, and, and it has been over the last several years, and I think I'm getting in a lot better place, but I get frustrated sometimes, is I really beat myself up. I, like I, on the road, I get, there's not as much structure as when I'm home. But when I'm home, it's like, okay, okay, I can wake up today. I can write a song. I got this. I'm, I'm writing with my favorite writer today, especially if I'm like writing towards a record. Like when I was writing for Songs About You record, my, my new record out there right now, 
I was getting up every morning. I was doing the bath. I was singing the bath. I was getting these ideas. I was getting excited. I would record on, um, I would record on, I had a little recorder device, um, or record on my phone. Um, and I would, I would get excited and I'd go, I'm like, okay, I got, I got this whole picture to paint, you know, and I was in, I just, I wrote, I had this whole idea called songs about you. And I show up with these songwriters and say, I got this idea called songs about you. This is what I think about the verse here. And then we all stand up start kicking it around and then by the end of that and an hour and a half later we've got you know an incredible song you know and so i'm striving for something you know and i think when i have that purpose when i have that chase that's when i do best when i'm away from that you know it's where it starts to like i start to lose my purpose a little little bit of my touch Mm -hmm. um and so i've really had to really zoom in on that lately and i'm actually in the middle of that right now and i want to be completely honest about that because um but i really you know, it's helped me to really step back and look at it that way. It's like, okay, I just put my record out. Now it's, you know, I'm on a break from tour. I'm about to go into this big Christmas tour. I want to enjoy that instead of, you know, waking up in the morning. I, I don't get to play till nine o'clock tonight. I got to figure out what to do from 7 a.m. to nine. And so you got this whole time to think about what to do. Like, you know, I got to play a show tonight. I got to be perfect. I got to hit every note. I got to make everybody feel something and when I get up so I'm a kind of a mess sometimes during the day because I'm wanting to be great for everybody else and and then and then when I get up on stage and I kind of go in down state sometimes on the road once I get up there I'm like why did I ever doubt myself mm-hmm. this is I am feeling this connection with this person in the crowd this person's crying this person's laughing this this, this is, somebody might be having the best time in their life and I'm also having a great time up here because I'm just doing what I love yeah. And so I've really started to hone in on that and zoom in on that a little bit and 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 really you know the structure of okay when I'm on the road getting out and not just sitting on the bus there was a point where I'd sit on the back of the bus I would be like and there's a closet in the back of the bus and I used to sit like in the back there and just like white knuckling like you know till I'm going on stage and and I was just so pressure 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 and I still have some of that but now if I get out and I get up, I do my journaling, you know, I, uh, I go on a hike. Um, I take the focus off myself a little bit and, and have a conversation with the band and stuff. I'm still learning all this, but um, instead of just trying to be perfect with it. So I'm finding the balance, but I think structure is so important as a creator, but also stepping back and being like, let the thing that you do be the thing that you do, you know? and. Uh, so that's kind of a, it's kind of all over answer, I know, but it's, it's kind of where I'm, I just hope it humanizes the thought that we're all kind of trying to go for something and you can't always exactly have it pinpointed. But I think the fact that you're willing to go down that journey and willing to take a look at it and say, I don't completely have this figured out, but I know exactly what I want and, and where I want it to go. And uh, I need to be a little more gentle on myself yeah. and my heart and my soul and realize that I, what I do is a beautiful thing. And a lot of people support that. I got to be there for myself so I can be there for everybody else. And I'm finding that dance right now. Yeah. That dance it's, it's the dance between accomplishment and fulfillment. Yes. Right. So we have these personality tendencies, you know, it could be a nature versus nurture thing where we're really driven towards accomplishment. Again, what's the next thing? Yeah. And then there are other folks who are more content with life and with how things are. And they're more fulfilled just in the day to day. Maybe it's just, again, spending time with their kid or 
you know, whatever the case might be, just fulfillment is more on tap. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to marry those things, because, you know, when you talk to people who are later on in life, rarely do they say, I wish I worked more, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or it's more on, I wish that I paid more attention to fill in the blank. I, yeah. I wish I spent more time and, you know, being able to keep kicking the ball forward, mm-hmm. right? Moving the ball down the field. And at the same time, for me, I'm very similar. So like, as you're saying this, it's just like, yeah. 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 But what changed was just literally I had to make myself pay attention and like have a gratitude practice Yeah, yeah. because I'm on to the next thing. You know, yeah. I just created another number one podcast episode, you know, yeah, yeah. and I used to post those all the time. How, how about well. the next one or whatever is what you would do? Yes, I got to, I got to do. Well, I got to keep, I got to hold that up you know, yeah. or whatever. The next creation, you know, and I'm, I'm excited about it. I love doing it. Mm-hmm. But what about the joy of like appreciating that moment? Yeah. Right. And the thing, the thing, and you, you've experienced this as well, is like, it brings about so much more connection to when I'm doing the thing. Like, I remember why I'm doing it. Yeah. Right. And it just like, it creates another level of resonance mm-hmm. and creativity, all the things. It's just yeah. like, why don't I do that more often? And I think that's why a lot of folks, of course, get burnt out, yeah. and especially in the entertainment field too. It's just like always trying to, the next thing, the next thing, yeah. and not really. And it's never going to give you, yeah. I mean, getting that next number one, like I had a streak where I was like, okay, I've got like six or seven number ones in a row. The moment that, that, that eighth one didn't come or whatever, you know, did the world end? No, not at all. Did, did, it, did, it, did, it, did I have to change my perspective? Okay, what am I doing? It actually helped me. But at the moment of the time, it's like, okay, you're just trying to, trying to chase that next one. And all of a sudden, you're going to have that, that one thing that doesn't work. That's part of being a creator. That's part of being human. Right. Of the failures and the mistakes are, it's not even a failure. It's just a, it's a learning moment. It's, it's a teacher, you know? And, and uh, I think also, like, how you define success is so important. And... And I think that that for me is, is something that I'm still learning. But I, when I was, you know, going into 2020, um, you know, 2020, I was, in, I was had this, this big tour coming and everything. And then obviously we all got hit with what we got hit with and didn't get to play shows for a long time. The, the purpose of everything in my mind that I do. And I had this record that I had already been off the grid before we all had to go mm. off the grid. Yeah. So this is when I had got that flip phone and did all that. And I made this... Just, very profound record called Sunday Drive and still one of my just my like most vulnerable things I've ever put out. And I put it out at a time where I couldn't promote it, couldn't do anything with it. You have to tour this kind of record. It's not chasing like I'm not just putting out songs that are, I'm chasing to go number one. I'm putting like my whole heart and soul and really a reflective record. And uh it came out and so of course it didn't get the opportunity to like, you know, blow up massively. But the way it connected with my fans was deeper than any time, anything I've ever put out. Yeah. So I had to like switch my my way of looking at it. Like, okay, maybe I didn't have like a bunch of number ones off this record like I had in the last four records. But the the level of connection and the, the level and the the process I had going into that was something that was so powerful. And you can feel it every time I play those songs and when when people listen to them and. And I think so defining success has been a dance I've been really, really zoning in on the last couple of years. And it's really helped me even going into this new record songs about you that I just put out and like, okay, I'm staying, I'm, I'm doubling down on, on my heart and soul on what I did. I'm going to get even more vulnerable, 
and that last record. And, you know, if I get number ones from it, that's great. But more importantly, am I loving the music I'm making? Not that I wasn't loving what I was before, it's just I've grown up. You know, we're all going to change how we do things. And we, we you know, we kind of zoom in the lens a little bit of, of what we do. And sometimes some of it works. And sometimes you listen to your heart. Sometimes you listen to, okay, maybe I need to change this type of song a little bit. But I think finding the heart of it, and finding the success for me has been how do people feel when I play this music when I'm out there and how do, and I know that somebody, I get all these messages, this song saved my life. You know, I heard, I heard, uh, I was going through a, a breakup and I heard, you know, songs about you or I heard this song Hideaway, you know, and, and I was just not doing nothing but working, working, working. And then I heard the song Hideaway and I needed, I need to, I reminded myself to go on a drive this, this weekend just for me and, and to take time for myself. And that gave me a perspective on life that I needed so bad that has changed the way I view the world. And I've seen that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's what it's about. And that's, that's what success is. Um, and, and so I really had to, had to have some hard schooling on that, but I'm glad I had, I got to learn it that way and, and still learn it every day. Just like, you know, music is a soundtrack of our lives. Mm -hmm. You're doing that for people, you mm -hmm. know, like it's be, that's so profound, man. It's, it's, it's a very, very special gift. It you is. Know? And I wanted to ask you about this. There was actually in Sunday Drive and that story, yeah. which I didn't know that part of it, but I know when it came out during that time, it just seemed like it was a resonant thing in that moment because mm -hmm. there's a lyric in there where you talk about, you know, essentially looking out the window as, yeah. as you're driving, you know, yeah. just like, be, I, I kind of felt like a child, yeah, yeah. you know, a child experience of just looking out the window as my mom is driving. And that was our screen. Like that yeah, was yeah. my, but it didn't have any, detraction from it it's not like staring into this little space it's the world out here this is the screen i'm looking through is you know as on this drive and just like everything is so grand and so diverse and so everything and it's just all yeah. there you know and that's what i picked up and also it coming out at the time when we might have got pulled away from that yeah right and just kind of i think it touched a lot of people because it it got us to turn back within and be like and that's what it's really about. Yeah. And I'm not going to take that for granted like I was before. Yeah. Those little moments of like in Sunday Drive, that song, you know, it, it, it talks about the, the speed of life and, you know, all the way to your parents taking you on a ride as a kid. And then one day you're lucky you're taking them for a ride and they're in the backseat watching the world through an open window as the trees lined up like dominoes. And, uh, you know, and those little moments that you think don't mean anything, mean everything. And, uh, and I'm really trying to zoom in on those with my life. And I think the fact that you can, you know, as an artist, as a songwriter, be able to transport someone to a place where they were free and they were vulnerable and they were real at a time where they might be far, as far from themselves as they possibly are than they've ever been and the fact that you can go and you could take them to that place and make them feel that that's man that and i and that's i mean i just, just click with me right now i'm trying not to get emotional from it because it that is the beauty of it yeah. that is the beauty is i can i could show somebody that still exists that that 
part of your heart is still there. You're not any different than that person. You might have, you know, different things have happened in life and have taken you down different roads, but you're still that kid. You're still that person with that sense of wonder. You just, just the world is tough, but you still have that. And I think to be able to remind people that and remind myself that, that's where success is. That's where freedom is. Yeah, man. You, for so many people, you're, they, they hear one of your songs, it transports them to a certain moment. Mm -hmm. And I know that you got a lot of that growing up too. You know, mm -hmm. I know that I did. Yeah. And I want to talk about how, how music happened. Like, when yeah. did you fall in love with music? Mm -hmm. And when did you know that this is what you were going to do? Man, I was, uh, so I was part of the kid that gets nervous in these interviews or, or whatever, you know, because I was just talking about how we're still, there's still a huge part of us is that, that is that kid. We just lose a lot of it. I started to learn that, you know, when I was a kid, I would sing on the, like, I'd be outside that door over there and like everybody knew I had a cool voice, but I was so nervous to stay in front of people. I'd stand on the other side of that door and I would sing, but I'd be like, oh, and I had this voice. I was like five years old and I was, I wasn't six, five at that point. I was really tiny and uh, I had this huge voice and people would just be blown away that I had this big voice like this. And so they'd pay me like $5 and I'd sing the national anthem or, or take me out to the ball game. Those were my two hits at that time. <laughs> and uh, I'd, I'd hit him with that, sing those two songs, they'd throw me $5 and then I would run in the backyard and play and, and get out of that, like, mm. you know, nervous. And so I started out, I was probably five doing that, singing in church. Um, and, uh, and, and I slowly started, like as I was singing in church, I would start to, to get the feeling that the crowd actually wants me to succeed. They don't want me to screw up. And I still have to remind myself that to this day. Like, the, like I'm, I'm really nervous up here, but everybody, everybody's watching me is feeling something when I'm singing. They're here for me if I screw up too or whatever. They're not going to be judging me the way I'm judging myself. And I'm, I do this all the time still. Um, but uh, as I slowly started to learn that, the next thing you know, I would sing, I'd look up a little bit more instead of staring at my feet. And then uh, I started to get into this groove. And then I, my mom brought home uh, a CD one day of uh, a song by Bobby Darren called Mac the Knife. It was like a big band song. And she started bringing me these like, uh, my grandfathers both listened to a lot of like Sinatra growing up. And I would ride around in the car with my grandpa and he'd be playing this old music. And so, like, then it was, like, old people music, whatever, but it was, like, cool because my grandpa listened to it. So, my mom brought that home to me. I was like, I don't know, Mom. My, my friends are all listening to, like, you know, Backstreet Boys and Boys to Men and Garth Brooks and that kind of stuff, you know? Not what grandpa's listening to, but okay, I'll give it a shot. And I learned um, some of this, you know, Sinatra kind of stuff. And I go sing it at a talent show. And I have, like, I have, like, a top hat kind of thing. I'm all... Like, the, I hope this is going to come back to haunt me one day, but I'm, I'm totally fine. I'd post it right now. But anyways, I, I went up there and just slayed it. And I would start, I was like sweeping the, the talent shows across, you know, central Illinois. <laughs> and I went to all these contests because I could sound like this old soul singing this music. And it really made me, next thing I know, instead of being that kid standing at the floor, I'm like riding on the back of golf carts singing as they're driving me around. Like, you know, I'm like, this is my expression. This is, this is me. And, uh, and so one thing led to another and, you know, I was a small town hero. Like I was, I was the kid that could sing in my town. Then I had to go 
show it to the world. Moved to Chicago for a little bit, sang with like big bands up there. So I'd be singing, you know, the Commodores. Then I'd be singing John Mayer. Then I'd be singing, um, you know, I'd be singing Garth Brooks or Brooks and Dunn. And I would be like all these different parties I would be singing at with this band. But I was like, man, I heard Brooks and Dunn for the first time, like freshman year of high school. And Brooks and Dunn, like I loved. And Ronnie Dunn sings this soulful voice. You know, he has a, such a soulful voice and he sings kind of like he's influenced by Ray Charles, but he's also singing about this, you know, small town life where he was and and uh, the things that I was kind of growing up around. And so like he had this soulful voice and he's kind of mixing all this together. And I was like, oh, I can kind of do, I, I can do that kind of thing. Like I can do all these different influences that I like. I can just go be me. So I moved to Nashville started knocking on people's doors, you know, and this is like, I can't believe I did it. Like, not you like knock on people's doors and be like, Hey, I'm a singer. Uh, here's a pit. Here's a, here's a CD of me that, you know, we recorded in a little barn in Illinois in some guy's house with like karaoke tracks and a picture, a headshot that my mom took under the railroad tracks in Paris. <laughs> my hair is like, all, I look like, like a surfer from the seventies or something like highlighted hair. And of like bringing this to people's doors in Nashville. And there were a couple of people that took that CD and I interned and uh, finished college down there, Middle Tennessee State University. I would drive back and forth to Nashville, write songs. The songs were really bad in the beginning. <laughs> and I stayed to the craft. I stayed and I got up every day and I, I had something to, I had something, that purpose. I had that thing. I'm like, I'm going to figure this out regardless kept writing, kept writing. My voice started getting better. I started to find, find out more who I was. Then I signed a publishing deal. I was writing songs for a living, maybe make, you know, making a very small amount of money, but I was making, was making like, but I was the happiest. I still think this day I was that some of the happiest moments of my life were having nothing and going after everything with no fear, you know? And, uh, and then I got a record deal um after writing some other artists were cutting my songs recording my songs i got a record deal which is why i moved to town i didn't even realize i had this knack for being a songwriter but i i started going to these songwriter nights people be playing at like the holiday inn lobby bar it's called the commodore lounge and i got signed up to go play there one night and i saw these people playing this lady would be smoke chain smoking cigarettes she'd check you in she'd chain smoke cigarettes and she'd be like all right honey uh, you're you know you're in the next round and uh, there'd be like two people in the crowd. And she would sing harmonies to your song from the podium as she smoked cigarettes <laughs> like in the back, which was incredible. It was like, <clears throat> still to this day, I have great memories of, she didn't really know the song, but she would pick it up enough to like sing harmonies, whether you wanted her to or not. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there'd be two people in the crowd and you're just, you, I, mean, I don't care. I'm just, I'm just playing this music. I'm just, you know, I want somebody to hear these songs. And, uh, and so I kind of started to figure it out. This songwriting thing works too. And then the vocal things, of course, is why I got there. It all meshed together. And, uh, you know, 15 years later from when I first went to Nashville, I'm, here I am mm. talking with you, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's so amazing. So amazing. And, you know, to have the courage, especially coming from, you know, we're from the Midwest, man. Yeah. To go outside of those bounds, you know, for mm. you to move to Nashville, you know, moving out here to L.A., like that's, it's very different. Yeah, yeah. You know, very different. And so to hear that you were knocking on doors mm -hmm. to boot, like that's incredible. And you got to do it. Like I, I, I get this question a lot. 
I'm sure you do too. It's like, what? You know, I'm thinking about moving to Nashville to become a songwriter. Do you think I should do it? Um, how should I do it? Whatever. And, I was, and sometimes I'm like, would I recommend anybody trying to go down this route? Because it's hard. I mean, yeah. it's really hard. Yeah. It's, it's stuff that's gave me a lot of joys and a lot of heart, heartbreak. I mean, that's the classic thing about being anything that you're going after as a career, though. Like, that's your passion. But uh, I'd say, you know, you have to have that willingness to go above and beyond and knock on those doors mm -hmm. and play those little songwriting nights and be really scared to go right in the room with this person that has, you know, a song that was recorded by, you know, it was a big hit for some artists, you know, and you're like, I'm so nervous and they're probably going to think I'm a terrible songwriter or whatever. And you go anyways and you show up and you write a really great song with them or you don't write a great song with them, but you, at least you showed up, you know, and like taking those steps, you got to be willing to not sleep. You know, you got to be willing to just chase it as hard as you can because that's what you love. If not, maybe just stay back at home. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know. This is, no, you're, you're, share, you're sharing the thing that nobody talks about. Mm -hmm. Like, because it sounds very romantic mm -hmm. to follow your passion and, yeah. you know, but nobody really talks about how hard it is. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that you're bringing that up because mm -hmm. it takes more from you than you even realize that you have. Yeah. And if you're willing to invest that, okay, yes, have the vision, yeah. un understand your gift and your potential, all those things are great. Yeah. But you have to be willing to extract more from yourself than you even know that you have. Yeah. And to be able to, you know, because most of the work, when you're standing in, on stage in front of thousands of people, all of the things that put you in that spot happen behind the scenes when nobody's watching yeah. and you're not getting any accolades. Nobody's clapping for you. Mm -hmm. Nobody's cheering you on. Yeah. You're fighting with yourself. Yes. A death match. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that's, that's the part that people don't understand. If you mm -hmm. are willing to invest into yourself, into your craft, all of those hours behind the scene and not look for somebody to come and, you know, um, give you a stamp of approval, Despite yeah. that, and matter of fact, people giving you the opposite of that, yeah, and to keep working and to keep focused on why you're doing it, like that's that's what it's really about. That's yeah. And so and giving not, people that, like, give them that prerequisite, like, yeah. hey, listen, this is way harder than you think yeah. it's gonna be, and it's be. not a guarantee at all. But you real if you're willing to grind it above me on and go through a lot of discomfort, that's why I like of getting that cold plunges in the morning. That's another thing for me to do. It's like you got to be ready for that major discomfort and 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 a lot of rejection and when you get success you're still gonna get that you, you know what i mean let me ask you about your influences right yeah, yeah. so you you mentioned frank sinatra yeah you mentioned backstreet boys and yeah, yeah. boys to men you know your palette is yeah, yeah. so diverse and yeah. that's one of the reasons we really connect too yeah yeah and us being from the Midwest, you, when, when I saw you yesterday, he was like, Nelly, yeah. you know? because first, our first concert was Nelly. Your first concert was a Nelly concert? I yeah. didn't know that. You yeah. asked me what my first concert yeah. was. Your first concert was Nelly. Nelly in Champaign, Illinois, at Assembly Hall. I went and saw, I saw Nelly. And, and so, yeah, I grew up, uh, you know, listening to what was ever on the radio. For, oh, actually, what I started listening to was the Eagles, you know, uh, Aerosmith, like, yeah. uh, Ario Speedwagon, uh, CCR, you know, these different bands that my mom and dad were listening to. And then, and, uh, then I got into Ray Charles 
and I got into, uh, you know, I, you know, Boys and Men was one of the first CDs I ever had. I had a group, a Green Day was one of the first CDs I had. Uh, uh, so MC Hammer, <laughs> the MC Hammer album, you know, like it's kind of all over the board, you know, which is a beautiful thing, like just hearing all these different um, records. And then once I heard, like I said, once I heard Brooks and Dunn, um, and uh, that's when I got into country music and, and it all kind of locked in of, of where I was going to go after. But really, it's never been like, I just want to be a country artist or whatever. Because, you know, I'm about to embark on, on Mr. You know, I'm about to embark on the Glow Tour right now. And, uh, and it's all big band. It's, it's big band music. It's jazz. It's nothing to do with country. It's just another part of my soul that's what i grew up that's what i started singing yeah. and such a huge part of of who i am and I, and when i put when i went and made the record it's like if i'm going to do this i'm doing it exactly you know how i want to do it i'm not gonna try to put a little steel guitar in there or like whatever this is a big band record and as long as i could go do it the way that i that i knew i could when i was a kid people are gonna it's it's who i am so no one's gonna guess like oh this this is just some lounge, this guy trying to be like a karaoke singer doing it. And when I put it out, it exploded like in a way that I couldn't imagine because it was just, it was just real. And yeah. so it's like, I think for me, it's been not being, you know, genre specific or like, you can only do this thing. I want to do a lot of things. I want to show a lot of parts of who I am. And they are just the, like the countryside's a part of who I am. This big band's a side of who I am. I've got so much, you know, I still want to give from all that. And, and, uh, and, and so it's a lot of fun. I'll be, you know, up there in a velvet tux and about, you know, here pretty soon. And, uh, and uh, you know, singing with the, with the horns blazing behind me and, and, you know, snapping my fingers and feeling that big band energy. And then next year I'll be doing some stuff that's acoustic driven and, you know, that kind of thing. And that's, that's a beautiful thing to be able to do all that. And so all that kind of came from a lot of different influences. Yeah, man. That's the, the, the tweetable for today. Big band energy. Big band energy. We got <laughs> yeah, that BBE right. -B yeah, in here today, boy. Big band energy coming at you on the Glow Tour. <laughs> so, you know, this is it's so cool because with you doing this, you're bridging so many people into other experiences of music that mm -hmm. they might not even realize that they love. Yeah. And it's because it's you. Right. Uh -huh. It's just like it's all there in your voice and the texture mm -hmm. and the experience, all those things. And you could look at, you know, just throughout history, those people that have bridged over different genres of, of music. The person jumps in mind like Shania Twain. Yeah. Right. Like I grew up with my grandmother. Like I grew up hip hop, just hip hop and RB in one yeah. household. Yeah. In another household, nothing but country music. Yeah. yeah. And so, but then I kind of rebelled against the country music because it was, you know, forced upon me on three-hour card rides yeah. to the country, <laughs> yeah. you know, Piedmont, Missouri. And, but then with Shania Twain hitting the scene and, and being able to blend like these big epic love ballads and these, you know what I mean? There's like yeah. this pop feel to it. Yeah. And then I actually worked at the hockey arena in St. Louis. And so they would play like, um, you know, some of her songs, yeah. especially like, you know, kind of getting things going. You yeah. Know, like I think it was, um, give them your best shot or oh, hit yeah, you yeah. with your best shot, yeah. right? And so it's just like it's this vibe is like it became pretty epic. Yeah. And I, I worked there during the time we had Brett Hall, Wayne Gretzky oh, was man. on the team for a moment. 
Ah, it was what nuts. a gig. It was nuts. You know, I was just, you know, I was in high school, man. Yeah. And, you know, but having that experience that brought me back to like, wait a minute, I actually like country music. And then yeah. so I started to remember those feelings and those songs. Like, wait a minute, the, the Judds were pretty epic. Like, that's, yeah, a yeah. Great, that's a great song. Yeah, yeah. You know, Reba McIntyre, it's a great song. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I, I'm excited for you. And I can't wait to experience it more myself. But this is leading to one of my most important questions I want to ask you about yeah. today. And this is for everybody, mm. because through all of this experience, you mentioned basically finding your voice. Mm -hmm. How important is it for us, especially today, to find our own voice? Oh, man, it's everything. I mean, my favorite artists have been people that are unapologetically themselves. You know, I mean, like, no matter what you do, it's like when I listen to Sean Stevenson on, on the Model Health Show, it's like you have your own beat, you have your own style you have your own thing that's different than anybody that's doing what you're doing it's just like my favorite you know my favorite uh songwriters or singers they do something a little bit different that that really makes them stick out it's like like springsteen he didn't have he didn't even have a number one for like and he's one of the biggest artists out there he's so unique and he's not like a he's he's a different kind of singer you know he's like he's got he's only just he's got his own thing that nobody has and I think finding your thing that makes you you is so important and sticking to it. And it's not always the popular thing. It's really easy to jump on and, and, and follow. And, you know, all of us have been guilty of parts of that in our lives. We're like, oh, man, well, this, this is working for that person. Am I supposed to do that? No. Do your thing because it, and it will keep you up at night sometimes. You'd be like. And it's it's easier way out to go the other way, but you're going to be a lot more hap, hap, you know happy with yourself and your purpose and who you are if you stay who you are. And those little voices in the back of your head will show up, and they will they will hurt you, you know they will come after you. But I think you know to be able to stand strong and be and and kind of just be there for yourself and say no, this is who I am. This is what I'm going for. This is the music I make this i know and i believe in it and they're and getting the right people around you that believe in you for the right reasons you know is that other part of it but you got to believe it before everybody else and mm. and i i think that that's that's where the that's where the win is and that's where you get your voice that was a bar from common <laughs> which we both love i love common common said nobody believes until i believe me ah yes come on come on i was actually I'll... listening to him on the way over here really yeah. i'm gonna listen to him on the way home then yeah i love Colin. the people i was listening to the people yeah because again i was just getting in tune with you man yeah and man i appreciate you so much so you mentioned the christmas tours coming up so when yeah. this comes out this coming out right before the holiday season is kicking yeah, in full oh, gear let's, let's get everybody so where can people get information about the tour yeah the tour uh breadelders.com and uh it's almost sold out now so it's uh the whole tour which is really cool because i started this the the glow tour in a basement in nashville with like 200 people and now we're doing like multiple nights at the chicago theater it's like 3500 people a night and and uh, all these like really rich like velvety seat theaters that are just like classic and just fit you know big band music and and uh so you can get those tickets uh on breadelders.com you can find me when i'm present on social media at uh, at Brett Eldridge. Um, I'm on there, um, you know, trying to share the real parts of my life, um, get honest on there and, and uh, yeah, come see a show. 
either this year or next year uh, i'll be back on tour next year and but yeah this tour uh i'm really excited and, and i'm really kind of zoning in on my purpose of why i'm going on it and yeah. i could bring a lot of joy to a lot of people for, at the holiday season when we all need a little bit of a reminder that we can still be kids and still feel that the magic in our heart and so that's what i'm searching for is that magic in my heart so i can so i can bring it out in everybody else absolutely man and you thank you so much for you sent me mr christmas the christmas yes. album pick it up go to of course yeah. it's so weird to say this now because you can go to your phone just download yeah, yeah. the album but you sent me a record record. Yeah, yeah, the vinyl. I didn't mention this. Did you see the record player by the pool table? No, I meant to ask. I, meant to, I, meant to I ask got it because it. of you. I went and straight got a record player yes. to listen to the record with the, 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 the crisp and the hisses and the oh, pops. Like, yeah, the imperfection of it. Is like nature intended. It. Yeah, <laughs> it's the so imperfection good. of records. I, I got a record player on my, vet, on my bus now, as long as you don't drive down the road and try to play it. <laughs> but... Uh, I love records. So yeah, you can go out there and, and uh, just put out Mr. Christmas last year and I just put out my new album, incredible. Uh, Songs About You too. So, so good. We're rolling. Yeah, absolutely. Man, my guy, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for coming to hang out with us. Hell man. yeah, man. I'll, I'll come back anytime. Awesome. The one and only Brett Eldridge. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. This is one to share up with your friends and family. Send this straight from the podcast app that you're listening on. You're going to have some country music fans out there that are going to go nuts. Like, oh my God, Brad is on. Yes, send this to your country music fans and also just send it to somebody that you love. It's a powerful story, powerful insights, incredible human being. We've got much more of this in store for you. I'm telling you, buckle your seatbelt. We've got some world-class guests, powerful masterclasses coming very, very soon. Don't miss a thing. Make sure that you're subscribed to the Model Health Show on all platforms. And be prepared because we're going to keep blowing you away. We're just getting warmed up. So be prepared for what's in store. Take care. Have an amazing day. And I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.